with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, it's still a little bit early to call it a white Christmas, but it's definitely white outside at our stage, our studio at Quebec and 3rd. Supposed to be this way most of the day as well. Alan Wishart in the host chair, Steve on the board as usual. Gonna get things going because it looks kind of like winter out there right now. So we're gonna talk winter sports. More specifically, joined by Andy Beasley, the vice president of business for the Prince George Cougars. Good morning, Andy. Morning, Al. Now, you guys have got it, it's an event now. This is not a new event coming up this weekend, is it? The Teddy and Tube Toss. It's not. It's turned into quite the tradition here mm-hmm. in uh, in Prince George and Northern BC, and it's uh, something a, a lot of people really look forward to. I, I don't know what the um, what the actual. I, I think it's just because it's a tradition, but I, I th- I'm not really 100 percent sure what the actual um, drawing card is. Other than that, it, it, it's hard not to feel really excited when our team <laughs> scores, and you you start seeing all those items being thrown over the glass and everything. It really is. Uh, it's almost like a childlike feeling all of us have, even though we're we're, we're uh, we've been around the block a few times and seen this many times. Yeah. Now, what's the earliest you can remember the Cougars getting a goal? The earliest? Did yeah. you say? Yes. Oh, I think that was uh, I think it was actually last time we played oh. in front of a crowd. And I, I guess we I guess we should just clarify what we're talking about is our annual Teddy yes. and Toop toss. Yeah. And uh, that's the that's the game where uh, you know when the Cougars first score, we ask people to bring uh, warm winter clothing, uh, toques, hats, mittens, gloves, and teddy bears, uh, that type of thing. Put them in a plastic bag, and when the Cougars score their first goal, everybody is allowed to just throw their stuff right onto the ice. It's <laughs> quite a thing. But I think the earliest was probably last time we played. I think it was only. Uh, uh, maybe a couple minutes into the game. In fact, I do recall that there were still a whole bunch of people still in the lineup yeah. outside the building waiting to get in. And uh, we, we were all just sort of standing there and went, whoa, wait a minute, did, <laughs> did we just score? Uh, and we had, to, we had to get everything in action really quickly. Yeah. Because, and again, I guess that, just some advice to people, if you're figuring on going to the game Saturday night, get there early, just in case, you know? Well, we, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, right now, I uh, actually didn't uh, check this morning, but I know last night I looked at the tickets, and there are only just a little over 500 left. Wow. Uh, and those will go quickly, because normally we sell that many just on game day. So if you want to come, you're going to need to get a ticket. Now, we are at 50% capacity, yes. uh, but there's still a lot of people. That's just close to 3,000 people that are there. So we would highly recommend that you get there early. Uh, you get your, like I say, you make sure your, your um, item that you want to throw on the ice is put into a plastic bag, and uh, get in your seats because you never know. And um, you know the, the worst case scenario is that we we don't score, we get shut out, mm. but we'll still have an opportunity to throw stuff on the yeah. ice. Best case scenario is we score like we did last time, which is you know just a couple minutes into the game. So you have to be ready to go for sure. Yeah, and again, it I think it's the Blazers in town, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, and I know in the past, um, I know talking to people who I know in Kamloops, sometimes there are Kamloops fans who come up for the game and they will bring something up to throw on the ice. Yeah, it's really kind of neat, actually. The um, it's 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 really an interesting thing in in our neck of the woods, anyway. Um, it's quite common to have people from other teams come up, and uh, our our fans are so welcoming to them. It's really neat yeah. to see. Like it's uh, you know sometimes you hear horror stories when when uh, opposing <laughs> no. fans come in the building, but not at all here. Actually, everybody's really happy to see them and really welcoming. But they, they, this game is so special that absolutely we do have fans that follow their teams around. And Kamloops has a real core group of uh, of loyal fans. And yep, they'll be here in their blazer jersey. 
movies and they all have their own uh, their own toys but mm-hmm. they'll toss them when we score not when the Blazers score or ho- yes. hopefully the Blazers don't score at all but uh, <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> so is that sort of the understood thing as well is even if you're there supporting the visiting team you do the toss with everybody else you don't do it when your team scores just to Make no, easy. no, that's a big, big no-no to throw stuff onto the ice, uh, yes. and, and except for this one rare occasion where right. it, it is very specifically only when the home team scores their first goal. That's the only time you're allowed to do it. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's. We've never had a problem with that, though. People are really good about it. Yeah. Now, where do the? I'll just say the donations go. Well, they go. Um, Everywhere is the, is, mm-hmm. the, is the easy answer, but very specifically, the uh, we have a partnership with the Salvation Army, so they bring right. one of their big trucks, and uh, we have a very very um, organized, almost sophisticated oh. crew that uh, picks up everything, and we we load them into the Salvation Army truck. So all of the teddy bears, all of the uh, the clothing, and so on, and then the Salvation Army distributes. So a, a lot of their stuff comes right out of their own um, their own services, yeah. Salvation Army services. But they also frequently, depending on what the volume of, uh, for example, teddy bears are, if they have like a lot of teddy bears, they'll likely give some to the RCMP Victim Services, yeah. I think the Phoenix Transition House, uh, uh, etc. Uh, you know, people that deal with children, are they, they kind of spread the love throughout the entire community, and they're very, very good about um, listening to what the other agencies need and sharing sharing as much as they can. The same thing with the clothing. They'll share mm-hmm. the clothing out if, if they've got enough to share with the other agencies. And as you were saying, because you guys have done this for a number of years, unfortunately, of course, not last year, but it is is a, a good, solid process you guys have got in place now to get the ice cleared reasonably quickly, shall we say? We're, we're uh, I, I don't want to brag. Well, no, I do want to brag. Okay. Actually, we are, we are for sure one of the best in the league at this. Mm-hmm. We, we, um, you know, from a fan's point of view, we want them to come to the game, enjoy the game, and a bunch of stuff happens, and it all just seems to happen seamlessly. But from the Cougars' point of view, we spend literally weeks and months planning this in meticulous detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and we make it really special so that when the teddy bears come on the ice, they get off the ice really, really quickly because, we, you know, it's a kind of boring for the fans to sit there for too long, and we, don't, yeah. and we don't want our players sitting there too long either. So we have everything from firefighters who volunteer to go up in the ceiling, up in the rafters, yes. and uh, we're, we're, I think we we may be the only arena that I've ever seen do this so that when our team scores, they actually pull the end zone nets up. And so people in the end zones don't have to move from their seats. They can they can toss their, their stuff right from there. And that's really kind of cool how that all happens. But that, that just, just that one little piece alone takes a whole whack of planning and timing and rigging the nets so that they can pull them up in advance. And uh, there's, there's actually quite a lot to that. And then we have a, a huge crew of, um, of teams of kids from, from various hockey teams that come onto the ice. And they're all very specifically trained, actually, and, and we even rehearse it with them so that they know exactly where to go, what to do with the teddies, how to, how to respectfully uh, bag them up and, and get them off the ice and then load it onto the truck. So it's, it's really quite a, it's like a whole army of people run out onto the ice, and it's, uh, it, it's almost like a dance. It's so well orchestrated. So now you guys have changed that, because I recall being there for a number of years, usually taking pictures for the uh, free press, and you guys used to have... I think you used to have these small trucks that would actually come right out onto the ice and get loaded up. Has that changed then? 
Yeah, we changed that when the when the new ownership took over in 2014. Okay. That was yeah. the old old school Brodsky's, and that was uh, the era, Brodsky era, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but the the challenge with that is that it takes forever to get yes. the cars out on the ice, load them up, and then to get them off. And we're we're also um, concerned about safety. So uh, Northland Dodge is sponsoring the night, and they they for sure will have vehicles there, and probably even a couple of vehicles on the ice. But we we really don't rely on the vehicles to move the the uh, the teddy bears that we we rely on human power. And, um, yeah, they, like the old days of having the cars in the ice, like I say, it was kind of visually neat looking, but then it got pretty tedious after 30 minutes, 40 minutes, some nights. Yeah. It's like, enough already. Let's get back to the game. Now, the players, obviously, the veterans know what's going to happen. They, I guess the rookies and the second-year players even right now, this will be the first time that they've experienced a teddy bear toss at home. So... I'm guessing the coaching staff has to go over with them a little bit. Okay, when the teddy bears start coming out, here's what we're going to do. Like, do they usually go back to the dressing room at that point? Uh, they don't in our case. They do okay. in some of the arenas because, yeah. again, it just takes so long for them to clean them off. They mm-hmm. just kind of, the players just go back to the dressing room. But in our case, it all happens so quickly that uh, they don't need to. They just sit on the bench, uh, let us clean up. They, they all help a little bit, although because of COVID rules this year, uh, we don't want the players mingling too much with yeah. all the uh, the hordes of people that are on the ice to do the cleanup. So our players, um, but having said that, the players want to be involved. Like, oh. this is where, you know, they're all, they're all big, tough hockey players, mm-hmm. and they all don't want to really admit it, but they... They want to be the guy that scores that goal, and they all love it when the uh, when the teddy bears come over. And you'll see them; they'll grab some teddies and they'll take pictures, and they'll you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's just like the little it's like um, little children coming back out again, and it's awesome because they're just having so much fun and just enjoying the whole moment. Now, one other change I know happened a few years ago, and I can't remember if it was from here or one of the other because everybody in the WHL does this, don't they? I think every single every single team does it now. It's yeah. become a, a total tradition where it's just every every arena does it. And you know, on the one hand, it's like I was saying earlier, it's just a tradition that's a lot of fun. But when you look back at the entire league and just the Prince George Cougars oh. alone, the thousands, tens of thousands over the years, tens and tens of thousands of items that have been donated mm-hmm. on this fun night, it's really quite um, turned into not just a tradition, but also like really really important for the nonprofit agencies and for people who need this warm clothing and need the uh, need the toys and so on for Christmas, and and uh, the agencies now in Salvation Army kind of kind of rely on this uh, this fun night to to be part of their their Christmas operating model. Because as you were saying before, a lot of times the players would stay on the ice and help a little bit. But as I recall, a few years ago, it was mentioned to them: a little kid throws his teddy bear onto the ice, and he sees his favorite hockey player take his stick and and slap the teddy bear into a crowd of teddy bears. He's kind of going, "Wait a minute." <laughs> we, we, we have to very specifically train the players about that, and they're, and they're not doing it maliciously no. to be nasty, but they sometimes they get a little excited, and they're, they're trying to help clean up the teddies, and they're, yeah, they're taking slap shots yeah. with, the, with their sticks to help put the bears in piles. We've had to sort of train them and say, no, you, you need to realize that's, that's little Billy's teddy, precious teddy bear you threw over there. You can't hit it with your stick. Yeah. I mean, the goalie can maybe get away with it because he's got a bigger stick. He can almost do like a snowplow. Yeah, but that's right. Well, that's player. kind of what they do. They, we we yeah. say it's okay to push them around and help yeah. into piles. But like I say, this year I think no. we'll be we'll be asking the players to to do a little bit less, just uh, from a safety precaution. We want them to kind of. Unfortunately, that's the reality of the the, yeah. the day. But just kind of stay separated from the crowd a little bit. Now, how much do you have to? just check with the other team to just let them know what system you're using. So in this case, 
as you say, in some arenas, the teams go back to the dressing rooms because it takes a while. The Blazers are coming to town. Do you just let them know, just head to your bench, just wait at your bench because it won't take that long? Yeah, that, and, and that's one of the neat things about the WHL, and that, that differentiates us from from um, from a, a lot of other sports. Is with the WHL, our games are very much um, it's a it's an entertainment package every night. Mm-hmm. So on any given night, there could be all sorts of different things happening. Everything from league timeouts to special puck drops at the beginning or intermission ceremonies. So we have a very um, again very sophisticated system of scripting out everything in detail, yeah. and then giving the other team a full blown mm-hmm. agenda, and they actually get that agenda in the morning time so when they come for their pregame skate they know exactly what's going to happen that night and how to time themselves out so mm-hmm. in the case of uh, like I say it could be any game but in the case of Teddy Bear Toss it'll very very specifically say here's what's happening for, for the anthems and the pregame ceremonies here's exactly what happens for the Teddy Bear uh, cleanup process and, and just so that they're not left um, they're not left trying to guess what's going on in Prince George and we get the same treatment when we travel they, yeah. they typically tell us exactly what's going on so our coaching staff can work with the players to plan accordingly. Now, I think the WHL has a rule in place, though, regarding, shall we say, the timing of the teddy bears, right? I seem to recall it, if it's in the last two minutes of the period, they just add the time on to the next period? Yeah, it's actually the last five minutes. Last so, five and minutes, and the reason, okay. And that, that kind of makes a lot of sense, because yeah. by the time you clean up, you don't want to drop the puck for another just you know minute yeah. and a half and then go to the dressing room anyway. So that's more of an efficiency thing. And uh, I think that may have happened to us once in the last uh, six years, mm-hmm. where it was scored right at the end, and we just tacked on the uh, that time to the end of the period. That, that in itself is a little bit weird, though, because when the when the teams come back, <laughs> they, they play the last couple minutes, and then the goalies have to switch end, and, they have to yeah. <laughs> and then they kind of resume the next period. It's a little odd, but... Uh, they, <laughs> again, all, all in fun. So Now, when that happens, because I remember this sometimes, of course, happens in minor hockey because teams will switch ends halfway through the third period so that everybody plays the same amount of time at each end. Do the goalies, like they do in minor hockey, tap each other on the pads when they cross the center ice? <laughs> Uh, it, well, so you know, goalies are are, are union unto themselves, yes. and uh, they um, typically, typically speaking, what we say is that goalies all have a, a very good common understanding yeah. and respect of each other, and uh, very, very often, I, I notice this a lot of times during the warm-ups, you'll see the opposing goalies stretching at center ice yeah. on either side of their line, but they're having a big in-depth chat, and uh, I think a lot of the goalies uh, are really, really friends off the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least friendly to each other yeah. and, and really respect each other. And but but having said that, um, it doesn't always work like that because they're also these guys are ultra competitive and they just want to win. And there are some there's sometimes where they're you know the game's getting a little heated and things aren't going too well. And when they cross the center ice, they they might. They might the the words they say to each other might not be expressing <laughs> pleasantries. It might be something else. <laughs> but as long as they don't start actually fighting at center ice, though, everything's cool, right? I, I, I I've not seen that happen. Oh, I think the, the fans might like that, but I'm not I'm not sure that we would like that too much. No, and I guess so. That's the other thing that the fans should recognize. Then is in the last five minutes of say the first period, the Cougars score, the teddy bears start flying. You've thrown your teddy bear. At that point, if you want to go to the concession stand, go for it because the teams aren't going to be back out for a little while. 
Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it would just be an extended intermission. and yeah. that's, uh, But again, well, the PA announcer will sort of instruct yeah. everybody about what's going to happen, so everybody will be, be right in the loop on that. But uh, And then, of course, the other thing that that, uh, that could happen, and I don't want to jinx us or even say no, this, but no, I'm, no, I'm don't, now don't say, starting don't say, down the path. It's the other thing is if, if, if our team is having trouble scoring and they can't score, and this has ha- actually happened mm-hmm. before, again, we have protocol where uh, towards the end of the game, the PA announcer will make an announcement and just let people know what's going to happen and when, when right. is the appropriate time to toss their pairs. But we do ask people to hang on to them until they're, either we score a goal or they're instructed on, on what to do. Yeah, because I remember one game a few years ago, I think it was into the third period, and it was still only like a one nothing game, but of course the other guys had scored the goal. And a fight started, and that's when the fans started to throw the teddy bears. Yeah, you, that's a good memory, Al. That's a, that's many many years ago, yeah. actually. But yeah, the, everybody, we we I think the fans just thought, well, we're not going to score this game because we're getting yeah. very badly outplayed. So yeah, there was a, some kind of a fight, and everybody just went, oh, to heck with it, let's toss our teddy bears anyway. And it kind of all just happened naturally. So in the at the end of the day, it wasn't really what was planned, but I think no. it was okay with the team. But as I recall, what happened was the fight's over, and like a minute later, the Cougars score. Right. And yeah, everybody's kind of Murphy's going, okay, law, now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, will, I will tell you just, you know, from a, from a, um, a planning point of view, um, mm-hmm. uh, much as we all look calm and cool on the outside, I, I can honestly tell you that oh. it's a, an incredibly stressful night from the business staff point of view because we're all standing there. We've got our hordes of people all ready to go. We've yeah. got the truck out back. We've got the firefighters in the ceiling. And we are really tense throughout the game because we just want to score and get this event happening. And, it, and the longer it takes, the scarier it gets, and everybody's just on edge. And because you, you can't let your guard down, you have to pay close oh, yeah. attention. Because once the goal goes in, you have to be ready to run. And yeah, uh, yeah so that that it's it's actually even though it's a lot of fun and we all look forward to it, it's actually a very stressful night for us. And we just hope, we just hope the best news is when we can score in the first period, and, and uh, then we can kind of all relax after that. Okay. So Andy Beasley, vice president of business for the Prince George Cougars, Teddy and Toop toss tonight, seven o'clock puck drop. 7 o'clock puck drops Saturday night, December 11th. And uh, as we've been talking about, the, your best bet is to go online at ticketsnorth.ca yeah. and buy your tickets online. Or you can drop into the box office during uh, during their box office hours. But I probably would not wait until Saturday to buy your tickets. Yeah. Uh, I do have a feeling this game is likely going to be sold out. Uh, it's, we're, we're, we're getting down to just a few tickets. Um, and the other thing is is uh, you can uh, we've changed things up a little bit. Uh, if you want to buy 50-50 tickets at the game, mm-hmm. the money all goes to a great cause, but it's probably going to be a huge jackpot. But you can also buy those online now, right uh, right now, and you don't actually have to be at the game to win. So if you want to go online, just go to the Prince George Cougars uh, 50-50 webpage, uh, look it up on our on our uh, homepage, and you'll find how do you can buy your tickets online. And uh, we, that, that's another really big part of this game. It's going to be a giant jackpot, and I think people are going to be pretty impressed with the, the fact that you could walk out with a fat wallet full of cash, too. Yeah, throw a teddy bear and walk away with a bunch of money. You bet. Okay. Andy, thank you very much, as always. Good luck on Saturday. I hope the goal comes early. Saturday Saturday night. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I'll appreciate it. Okay. Take a quick break and be back with more after 9. There isn't much that a country singer hasn't covered in a song. If you want to hear songs about new love, lost love, drinking, fighting, cowboys, trains, traveling, and everything else, then tune into the Country Cavalcade every Wednesday, 6 to 8, where I cover music from the 20s to the 90s, as well as today's traditional independent artists. You'll hear from such greats as the Carter family, Johnny Horton, Vern Charlton, and so much more. The Country Cavalcade, Wednesday, 6 to 8, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM with me, Corey Walker. 
Working from home is not always easy. Unexpected visitors, pets looking for attention, phone calls, chores, the list of possible interruptions is endless. Get away from the distractions with a rental from the Q3 Creative Business Hub. Rent an office or desk by the month or a desk on a drop-in basis when working from home is getting the better of you. For more information, email q3building at gmail.com. Q3 Creative Business Hub, open for desk and office rentals at Quebec and 3rd. The 2022 BKT and OK Tire World Women's Curling Championship is March 19th to 27th at CN Center. Full event, championship weekend, opening weekend, and Monday to Thursday single-day packages are all available for purchase online through curling.ca and at the CN Center box office. All fans, athletes, volunteers, and event staff will need to provide proof of full vaccination. The 2022 BKT and OK Tire World Women's Curling Championship, March 19th to 27th at CN Centre. Forecast from Environment Canada. Periods of snow today. Winds from the south at 20 gusts into 40. A high of minus 2 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 8. Tonight, snow ending overnight. Event clearing. Gusting south winds switching to the west. A low of minus 7 with a wind chill to minus 14. A mix of sun and cloud on Wednesday with a 40% chance of flurries in the afternoon. Wind from the west at 30 gusts into 50. A high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 10. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we got a few minutes before our next guests are ready to go. So we'll bring you an update on a couple of things that are going. Actually, first thing is something we've been talking about a fair bit, Steve. The Prince George Council Seniors Hamper Program, Christmas Hamper Program. The deadline for applications for the hampers was originally this past weekend. Well, they've extended it. Until this Friday now. So that's good. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to make a donation, cash, checks, or save on gift cards until December the 15th. So that's a week from tomorrow. I'm just looking at, I'm just looking <laughs> at the calendar on my watch and trying to add and subtract dates. Yes. But uh, you can, if you get, if you're bringing a gift card, you have to bring a, a sales receipt with it to be able to get a charitable tax receipt from them. Okay. But obviously cash or checks, they can give you the, ca- the tax receipt right then and there. So uh, they don't want any groceries or any other items. They are going to purchase everything. Just, again, I think it's mainly for COVID reasons. Well, it's a good way to go. Yeah. And one other thing I just want to quickly mention, and we'll probably be talking about this on the show tomorrow... Um, the Cougars have got their um, Teddy and Chook toss on Saturday. The day before, just down the street from us, down at Rolling Mix Concrete Arena, the Spruce Kings have got their Drop the Gloves and Sock it to them event. And yet they're playing the Cranbrook Bucks. And now some people may have forgotten, that's the expansion team. So in the BC Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, so again, that's on Friday night, they're doing this. That's the middle game of a triple header that Cranbrook's playing. It's going to be their only trip into Prince George, so they're playing all three of their games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It makes perfect sense when you look at it that way. Just make the one trip up. But, um,. Here well, comes our late arrival. Yeah. Well, come on. It's not late. Um, the other thing that's happening on uh, the Friday night game is it's 80s night at the arena. It's another one of their decade nights. 
Okay. So yeah, they're sort of combining right. the two things at once. That's right. Yeah. And so Rolling Miss Arena, again, same thing. They are now allowed 50% capacity. And tickets for those games, especially in a game like this, the Decade Night and the Drop the Gloves and Socket to them, probably both going to go fairly quickly. So you'll want to get your tickets. They, they're open at the Spruce Kings office from 9 until 4, Monday to Friday, or you can get them at sprucekings.bc.ca. So again, that is on Friday night at uh, Rolling Miss Concrete Arena for the Drop the Gloves and Socket. I love that name. I there just love that name. But again, it's the same idea. You just bring warm winter clothing, including gloves, socks, toques, scarves. And again, they are asking that you bring them in a bag. Because for one thing, have you ever seen what happens to a sock when you step on ice with it, Steve? <laughs> yes. Yeah, usually half the sock gets left behind. <laughs> That's not good for the ice at Rolling Miss Concrete Arena. So they're asking everybody to bring the stuff in bags. We are going to go to another break, and we'll be back with more after nine. The Elder Citizens Recreation Association is open Monday through Thursday from 10 to 2 and Friday from 1130 to 2 for lunch. Lunch is available for takeout, or you can sit in to enjoy a nutritious meal along with soups, desserts, pies, and puddings, or pop in for muffins and coffee during open hours. Stop by the center to pick up this month's lunch schedule. It's an affordable, nutritious lunch, 10 to 2 Monday through Thursday and 11.30 to 2 Fridays at the ECRA on 10th between Vancouver and Winnipeg. Hello, Suzanne here from Tops and Bottoms. We are now offering the ultimate in personalized service as we are seeing our customers by appointment only. Attention cannot be in two places at the same time. Take advantage of our personalized service today to find the comfortable fit that's right for you. Book your private fitting through our website link at topsandbottoms.ca or call us at 250 The Alzheimer's Society of BC has a new online dementia education series. This online education offers small group information workshops facilitated to provide opportunities for live discussion. Take in the workshop, Focus on Behavior, Responsive Behaviors, Tuesday, December 14th from 7 to 8.30. Registration and full details on these free sessions are available through alzbc.org. More information is also available through the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Theatre Northwest is kicking off the 2021-22 season with a musical about a group taking to the stage. The Marvelous Wonderettes is a jukebox musical featuring songs from the 50s and 60s and includes two local actors, Shelby Meany and Maggie Trepanier. It's a light, fun way to get the new season underway. The Marvelous Wonderettes is on stage at Theatre Northwest in the Park Hill Centre through December 19th. Tickets for the Marvelous Wonderettes are on sale now through theaternorthwest.com. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we are back, and we are talking music now. Uh, and it's, it, it's a musical, and... Well, Judy, I think this is a brand new it's, thing for you guys, isn't it's, it? It's not a musical. No, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And yes, we're not just talking music, or I should have stayed in bed. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Judy Russell of Enchaînement Dance Studio. Good, well done. Yes. Um, and she's not cranky. She's just intense. That's right. <laughs> I, I didn't wear my T-shirt, but I do have it. <laughs> Uh, they are teaming up with the PGSO, represented by Ken Hall. Hello. And Yay! <laughs> it's like no. the Muppet Show around yeah. here. Yeah. 
And Ken, we should perhaps just explain right off the top. Um, you called me yesterday afternoon mm-hmm. with some news. <laughs> I'm not going to say good news or bad news because I always enjoy talking to you. But we were scheduled to talk with Michael Hall. That's right. Yeah. And then, so what? What's happening there? Because I, it's a little bit involved. You obviously know more than I do. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Michael's dealing with a family emergency, so mm-hmm. he had to stay with family this coming week. So mm-hmm. uh, he's he's off doing that. Uh, but the good news, aside from me getting to talk to you, is <laughs> that uh, Les Dalla is ah. returning and mm-hmm. has agreed to conduct it. So we're very excited to have him back. Yeah. And now- his late night texting with Les, which sounds weird, but, you know, <laughs> it wasn't really texting. It was, you know... And messaging, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and he was, he's, he's really excited to come. And I'm super excited to have him. Like, I, I will miss Michael like crazy. We, uh, get along gangbusters mm-hmm. and do really, really good work together. But, um, Les was my Michael before. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> now I, I get to revisit a very, very dear friend. We do great work together. We've done the show together several times and I couldn't be, uh, feeling more fortunate than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I'm very sad for Michael, but yes. he knew that this was coming down the road and that we all are there at one point or another. And so mm-hmm. we're all just doing a big group hug and sending each other support. And yeah, it's good. Now, we should perhaps, because I don't think we've mentioned it all yet. What we're doing. You said it's not a musical. <laughs> it's the Nutcracker. <laughs> Which is a beautiful ballet and a yes. gorgeous mar- marriage between the music of Tchaikovsky, played really quite superbly by the Prince George Symphony Orchestra, and my ridiculous giant group of crazies. (laughs) Um, The big thing for us uh, this year is that it is our 30th anniversary. Wow. So we have sort of pulled out some all the stops as we can and had as many alumni come in uh, for this particular rendition, which is uh, a really exciting thing for us all. So, how many dancers have you got then this year? Have you count, have you been able to count Ooh, them up? Well, yet? the problem is with COVID, we've had we had to I had to really sit back on mm, the cast. Yeah, quite frequently we were sitting at about 120 in the cast. And I believe I managed to cut that down by 40. Okay. Um, and it, that's, you know, <laughs> it's still a ridiculously large amount of people, but we're very careful. We're all, you know, sorted out with which rooms are people are in. And, you know, we have our masks and our sanitizers and <laughs> our this and our that. And, you know, we are not performing with masks. We get on the stage, we do our thing, <laughs> and we get off and we put the mask on and we go back to our corners. So that's pretty much how we've got it sorted out. And so can full orchestra, I'm thinking, for this one? Well, full chamber full, orchestra, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which, which is the usual yeah. arrangement. Here. Yeah. yeah, so about how many musicians is that? It's about 25. Okay. Yeah. And One time we had an orchestra with like fifty-eight in it, yeah. which was ridiculous. But you know, um, but and and honestly, the first half of the of the lower um, the lower yeah. seating, people had their hands over their ears. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, sorry, there's no way we could turn these guys down. No, because where would fifty-eight musicians sit? I was thinking, um, were they well, sitting in like the first three? You rows? know, we had to build. We had to build levels, and oh, oh it was it was. Yeah. It was quite quite crazy, but you know, 
you you sometimes you think more is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and Venue Hall does have a pit, but uh, it, yeah. it would see not about, for us. It would see no. about. We can't do the pit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) Vanny Hall just kind of has a hole before the 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 basement. Yeah, that it's it's just basically for lifting stuff out of and putting it back down. Yeah, yeah. I have been there a couple of times years ago Mm -hmm. where they actually you know musicians were actually in that area. Yeah, well, we um we in the pit in the actual pit. Um, We've only used it I think once Mm -hmm. for. For an actual musical, we did Oklahoma, and it was Oof. actually, um, uh, it was a collaborative thing. It was PGSO, mm-hmm. and uh, so we built out over top of them, and uh, we never do that again. <laughs> no, because I mean, poor Simon Cole. I honest to goodness, like the 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 cowboys were all dancing right on, uh, literally <laughs> tap dancing on his head. It was it was pretty intense. Yeah. Oh, the silliness. You know, 30 years of showbiz in this town and the the stuff that we've all pulled off together has been quite, quite amazing. Yeah. So, Ken, this is technically your first nutcracker in Prince George, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah. 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 Now, Judy, how many times is this for the nutcracker? Because I... I know recently it's been every second year, right? Yeah. So I think it's 17th rendition. The 17th rendition of it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a wild guess and say none of the original dancers have been to every single one. I don't... I I believe that there is maybe one wow. person at this point that has actually managed to... To yeah. be there every time. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, obviously <laughs> not playing one of the little kids. To this, to this, to yeah. this, you know, all the way yeah. up. There's quite a few um, that that have been in many, many yeah. versions. And what's really cool about that is now they're there and so are their children. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. really that's really fun. And My it, grandchildren, too. So ah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And can I guess the, the one benefit, if you will, of having less Dala available to step in for Michael is A, he has done it before, B, he probably still knows a fair number of the musicians he's going to be working with. Oh, certainly, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the musicians have done the piece before as well, so it's not like they're suddenly getting thrown into a brand new piece of music with a conductor stepping in at the last minute. Well, I suspect at least a few of those musicians have actually played in every Nutcracker. Wow. They have, actually. They have. <laughs> yeah. wow. there's, there's more musicians that have played yeah. everyone than, than dancers. But I'll bet you they haven't you, they haven't moved from one instrument to another like the people have moved <laughs> from both. Yeah, there are, <laughs> some, there are some people in the cast that are, that are boasting that they've almost played every role at this point, right? Wow. Which is really quite hilarious. Yeah. Because, and again, even though you're only doing it every second year, as you're changing roles, they've got to learn mm. basically whole new dances. One, of the, one of the most interesting thing about, about watching what has happened with this particular legacy ballet, which mm-hmm. it is a legacy ballet, um, that the the children move from year, from um, ballet to ballet, from you know every yeah. pr- production to production, um, d- desiring the next role, and you you watch them. They're off in the wings, and they are learning it. Mm-hmm. They're watching it. They're doing it themselves. They're putting it on their bodies. Mm-hmm. And when we come to um, performing it two years later, 
the rehearsal process is faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And uh, for instance, um, one of my young ladies who has been Clara twice and this and that is an adult now mm-hmm. and just came back uh, s- uh, Sunday night from finishing her degree at uh, in Victoria, at the University of Victoria, and pops into the snow core ballet <laughs> uh, Monday night <laughs> and I said to her do you need to, do you need us to slow down and go over this she goes no let's just go for it <laughs> not one wrong step <laughs> unbelievable in the body yeah and that's the that's the beauty of ballet and that of course is what rehearsal is all about and that's what dancers and musicians really truly have in common is that the most important part of their practice is practice Mm -hmm. and they put it in their bodies they put it in their muscle memory so uh, my suggestion would be that Laszlo Klein and and um, Simon Cole and Erica Scouring could probably close their eyes and play note for note (laughs) what they have played for the last 30 years okay on that note we're going to take a quick break be back to talk some more Nutcracker after nine The United Way Tree of Lights is back for another season. The tree is being lit up string by string as donations come in. You can make a donation by driving by the United Way office near 15th and Spruce. The first 50 people donating will receive a $10 gift card from Mr. Mike's. A donation of $25 or more could win you a hashtag local love package. Full details of this year's United Way Tree of Lights campaign are available at uwtol.ca. Theatre Northwest will be returning to the stage for the 2021-22 season with a play based on a women's hockey team from the 1930s. Glory by Tracy Power is the story of the Preston Rivulets, with several of the on-ice scenes set to swing music tunes from the era. It's a piece of Canadian history few are aware of. Glory is on stage at Theatre Northwest in the Park Hill Centre from February 4th to February 23rd, health orders permitting. Tickets for Glory, presented by Theatre Northwest, are now available through theaternorthwest.com. Engage Sport North's next intake for the Vigor Athlete Development Program is January 4th. This intensive strength and conditioning program is for athletes and para-athletes ages 13 to 19. Many athletes who have completed the Vigor Program compete on the world stage with provincial, national, and NCAA teams. For more information and registration, visit EngageSportNorth.com. That's Engage Sport North's Vigor Athlete Development Program starting January 4th at the Northern Sports Centre. Forecast from Environment Canada. Periods of snow today. Winds from the south at 20 gusts into 40. A high of minus 2 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 8. Tonight's snow ending overnight, then clearing. Gusting south winds switching to the west. A low of minus 7 with a wind chill to minus 14. A mix of sun and cloud on Wednesday with a 40% chance of flurries in the afternoon. Wind from the west at 30 gusts into 50. A high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 10. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So before the break, talking with Judy and Ken about rehearsals and everything. Now, Ken, how long have the PGSO musicians been rehearsing specifically for this? Like you were saying, some of them have been here for just about every single one of the Nutcracker ones. They could probably play it on like, you know, a moment's notice. But working together how many rehearsals have they had have they have they even started because it's still a week and a half away it's december yeah 17th, no, no we, 19th? we yeah. start rehearsals on sunday wow okay yeah. 
It's uh, yeah, it's it's a little different with the musicians and the dancers. Yeah, and uh, well, in, anything physical, right? Yeah, the same with opera. Mm-hmm. The uh, the cast are rehearsing for weeks before the opera uh, yeah. before the orchestra shows up, right? Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's part of the reality of professional musicians and and unions and everything else. Mm-hmm. You uh, you rehearse in a relatively short period for the music, but everyone's prepared coming in. Yeah. Right. So it's just a question of putting things together and finding the nuances. It's not like, you know, high school band where everyone gets together and learns the part. Right? Yeah. yeah. So now how many new musicians are there going to be offhand? Offhand? <sighs> um, probably three or four who okay. haven't played with us before. Yeah. So. so they're the ones who are sort of more than the others going to have to be at the rehearsals just so they can sort of get a feel for what everybody else is doing. Well, it's it's one of those things. It, even if you've done it seventeen times, you have to be there in those rehearsals yeah. because it. Oh yeah. You know, it's not going to be quite the same this time. Mm-hmm. The conductor's got a slightly different idea about yeah. how things are going to go. A different conductor. Well, different for a conductor. Them, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's all in the details, right? Yeah. And now Judy. Have your people been rehearsing for months? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. So so when would they have started? Like, when would the first rehearsals um, have started? Uh, typically, we audition in September, mm-hmm. and uh, we usually hit it by the end of September, first week of October. However, with COVID and the yeah. uncertainty, um, to be honest with you, one week ago, uh, exactly to this day, at this moment in time, at twenty to ten last Tuesday, <laughs> I had no idea whether we were still a go, whether oh. we were a go or not. Wow, we could not, uh, we could not uh, do the show with fifty people uh, in the uh, audience. Yeah, so we have been rehearsing, however, with a fairly staid situation because I couldn't in good conscience ask people to to give so much time to to a project that I wasn't sure that we were going yeah. to do. So we basically just worked as hard as we could to get it to a place where I knew it, when we had to drop the drop the mic mm-hmm. and either run or back off yeah. we could we could put the pedal and on and go so that we are we're in crunch mode right now so mm-hmm. basically um we're we're pretty fortunate because um so a lot of the principals are are capable of rehearsing in the daytime mm-hmm. have schedules that allow that right so so we're we're not we're not at a situation where everybody just comes in on a nice saturday or mm-hmm. a sunday it's not like that we're we're pretty much today is a day off, but then after today it's it's every day yeah. um, and an intense. Yeah. Plus, we don't have our Prince or our Drosselmeyer until until Friday. And again, <laughs> they yeah. are coming in uh, uh-huh. as kids that grew up in Prince George uh, okay. have played their the roles. Right. Before Isaac has not played Drosselmeyer, but grew up watching mm-hmm. my husband play Drosselmeyer, and so and of course I have sent them archival footage to yep. remind themselves. And both those young men, um, Matt Clough, who is playing the prince, mm-hmm. and Isaac Smith, um, ha- have a great uh, ability to uh, 
to walk onto the stage and do anything I need them to do. Mm-hmm. Now, are you doubling up on Clara again? Because I know that's yes, what you usually yes. do. Yes, I always do because that's what um, I thought. it's a very demanding role. Yes. And um, it's a, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of dancing <laughs> in it. And um, it's quite demanding on the body as well as emotionally and, uh, you know, specifically um, people's feet when they're dancing on point need a little bit of a breather. So, uh, yes, uh, and we have a very young Clara um, this year. Claire Westerlaken Mm. is a a budding, brilliant ballet dancer. (laughs) She's 14, and we have Brielle Hamlin, who has worked very, very hard, and it's a real wonderful moment for her. She's 17. Her sister was one of the Claras two years ago, so she gets to step forward. And that's the second time that's happened. So, as so Sarah McGowan and Kate McGowan sisters played back to black back mm-hmm. Clara's this year. Sarah is playing the Snow Queen and the Sugar Plum, and Kate is the one that just came home and stepped into the role and was no problem. So no. they, you know, no. kids that have lived their lives um, doing this and and still love it and are still prepared to do everything that in their power to be the best they can be and do and support everyone but there's tons of talented kids tons of them and they're just they're going to make it quite wonderful now can can the PGSO match that have you got any <laughs> children who have come in to play in the Nutcracker whose parents played with the Nutcracker uh, not, no I don't think so okay. but, uh, <laughs> we're working on it though yeah. <laughs> okay. so a 25 piece orchestra you were saying so you guys start rehearsing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Technically, all the reason you hope everybody's been practicing before that. Well, we we expect, and yes. we have no reason to believe they won't. Yeah. No. <laughs> so you rehearse Sunday. Do you rehearse then every day? Well, not quite every mm-hmm. day, but uh, but pretty close. Yeah. And then I'm guessing at some point you guys have to meet, and hopefully before opening night. <laughs> so when, when is... When is yeah, we are talking we're about that. We're debating about that right now. Yeah. We're just talking uh, rock, paper, scissors. Okay. I, I say Tuesday, he says Wednesday. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm... I, that love thing, that, you yeah. know, the little... <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the old... What is it called? What do they call that? I can't... The, the old thing you used to in school thing. with yeah, the paper... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... I I don't know if that's really a sophisticated enough way to handle the full <laughs> rehearsal for the next So, again, due to COVID, our plans have been mm-hmm. a little fluid. Yes. Um, part of our issue is the facility mm. and what the expectations are there and what they will allow or won't allow. And that's all changes. Um, uh, when the PHO orders change, there's little the nuances. We get little... Uh, problems that arrive uh, rise. Uh, we would want. We would typically be wanting to start the show on the sixteenth, which is the third. It's Thursday night. Right. At this point, we are not allowed to do that, so okay. that pushes our schedule in a different direction. So, if we were to be opening on Thursday night, we would be rehearsing together on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yes. But as we are at this moment re- uh, opening on Friday night. That means we're going to push it to Wednesday and Thursday. So the, the, the good thing about that is it means that the symphony is given a little extra time to be prepared mm-hmm. as like we, cause we don't just have dancers. 
We have the production to deal with. Yes. We have Vanny Hall to deal with. We have lighting. We have sound. We have, we have sets. We have props. We have costumes. We have a, a ton to deal with. So for us to have an extra day working out all of our mm-hmm. production details um, means that when the orchestra and the ballet come together, uh, the marriage is much more sound. Now, Ken, we should go over this quickly. When are the uh, when are the uh, shows on? Well, as you said, we open on next Friday. Yeah, the seventeenth at seven thirty p.m. Right. And then we have two shows each on Saturday and Sunday okay. at 2 p.m. and 7.30. Okay. And I think it's been mentioned a couple of times, but we should maybe just formalize it. Vanier Hall. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to get your tickets and online, theaternorthwest.com. Okay. Because oh. the pandemic, of course, okay. changed everything for us, and there's some things <laughs> that had to change. So we're supporting them by using their ticketing system, which is awesome. And uh, tickets are flying. So if people are wanting to do it, they better get going. Okay. Yeah, we still have only half the capacity we would normally right. have. Yeah. So we only have the ability to have 2,000 seats um, throughout the five shows. Mm-hmm. So um, we're over 80% sold Good. at this point. Okay. And uh, we really, we, I really hope people will come because it really is going to be quite a beautiful, beautiful rendition. 30 years, the return of Les Dalla, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Matthew Clough in the house, Isaac Smith in the house, Tristan Ghostkeeper in the house, wow. as well as the kids that are still here working their tails off. Okay. And many, many, many return performers. We're going to take another quick break, come back and wrap things up with Ken and Judy after nine. We've all heard that planting trees can save the world, but did you know that seaweed is one of nature's superheroes fighting against climate change? Seaweed can sequester more carbon per square kilometer than a forest ecosystem. OceanWise is beginning to restore seaweed forest in B.C. and Chile by working with local institutions, indigenous people, and companies to explore this slimy but charismatic solution. Your gift of $42 will result in 100 new kelp plants. Help OceanWise restore kelp forest today by visiting ocean.org. The Northern BC Tourism and Film Office is happy to announce three one-time tuition-free motion picture training programs funded by the province of BC and the federal government. The courses are motion picture lighting, motion picture grip, and motion picture set construction with online sessions from December 13th to February 4th and in-person hands-on training in Prince George February 15th to 25th. Registration and full details are available in the Trades and Technical section through the programs link at nic.bc.ca. If you are affected by dementia, you are not alone. The Alzheimer's Society of BC offers virtual support groups for caregivers and people living with early symptoms of dementia. Learn, laugh, and help others through mutual understanding. For a listing of virtual support groups or more information, visit alzbc.org. Registration is also available through the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-963-6033. The Alzheimer's Society of BC Virtual Support Groups. Register once, attend when you can. 
The Alzheimer's Society of BC is continuing their series of online webinars. Everyone is encouraged to learn more about dementia and its stark impact on Canadians through their website, alzbc.org. While there, you can also register for their free webinars or watch previous presentations. The next webinar is Focus on Behavior, Dressing and Grooming, Wednesday from 2 to 3. The Alzheimer's Society of BC, bringing you support and information for dementia at alzbc.org. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So we've got the Nutcracker coming up next weekend. Not this coming weekend, next weekend. We've got Enchemin Dance Studio. We've got the PSO, PGSO. You just said tickets were being sold through Theatre Northwest. What, what other entertainment groups in town are involved in this thing? Well, there, there is one that we haven't mentioned, oh. and that's uh, Nova Voce with oh, yeah. Robin Norman, because, okay. of course, there's a beautiful little chorus beautiful. for the snow. Yeah. yeah. The snow chorus, my dad was conducting it the other day in rehearsal, mm-hmm. <laughs> he used to do it backstage. We used to actually right. do it ourselves, mm-hmm. and um, from backstage, and Robin is a long, long-time friend of mine, and, and she and I team up for the big musicals in the summer that we were performing and she's uh, an amazing voice yeah. teacher and musical director and choir and choral um, uh, aficionado she's fantastic so her her band of uh, of crazy ladies <laughs> are, show up and have done so for quite some time so the big perk and I don't know if I ever told you this Ken so this is good, <laughs> is at the beginning of the night when people come into the uh the lobby of the high school. We try to Christmas it up. Yeah. So this year, while we're checking your passports, the uh, the choir will be singing carols in the oh, lobby, okay. which is always quite lovely. Hope I'm, I'm just. I was just thinking. I wonder if they'll be singing any of the songs from um, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas because they just uh, put they that just on. Did it? I yes. know. Yeah? No, I think okay. they will depart. Okay. I think knowing Robin, <laughs> Robin likes things to be, you know, correct. Yes. And uh, she will be looking at era and seasonal appropriateness. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you guys have got still a week. I, it, it, I'm going to put it this way. You guys it have feels, still got a week and a half. You look at it that like, way and it sounds it good. like forever. <laughs> but at the same time, then you start to take a look at what you've still got to get done. That and you're what, going... Exactly. That's what we got to get this do done this o'clock. year? Uh-huh. Yeah. 10 o'clock or that, in seven minutes, I'm going to my office to write a giant list of all the to-dos. <laughs> but again, you know, in the COVID, like, there's things that like we can't do. Like, yeah. We would normally have really quite a lovely spread for intermission mm. for you yes. know mm. concession and uh we we can't promote people milling in the lobby no. so it uh it means that things have to be worked out differently mm-hmm. and um you know maybe we'll maybe we should find some i don't know a board game for people to play in their chairs or something. I don't know. <laughs> have them playing games of rock, paper, scissors with each other. There you oh, go. Yeah. Back, there you yeah, go. Back to yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, back to that. No. So, a week and a half, I know I... I don't know, does that sound better than saying 10 days? <laughs> No. Saying a week and a half? No, okay. <laughs> so, I'm never quite so sure. I'm, I'm in pretty good shape, but, but who knows, you know, what's going to happen when... Um, when my young men managed yes. to get here, I'm just so thankful that I have Tristan here at the moment mm-hmm. because he has played um, he has played the roles 
So he's actually getting to play roles he didn't get to play when okay. he was growing up. So he's excited about <laughs> but that. But he can sort of almost ex- so he can he, sort of help the others stepping in and yeah. helping because the the biggest thing for the Claras and the Snow Queens specifically is that there is a great deal of partner work, and partner yeah. work is a whole different ball game. Yeah. And if you don't have trained uh, young men to lift you, uh, it's it's hard. It's very mm. very hard to do that last yeah. minute. Mm-hmm. So we've been working hard to try to make sure that the girls are confident, comfortable, and not going to fall apart when when Matthew and Isaac come in. And Ken, I guess my question is, you were saying the PGSO people will start to rehearse on Sunday. Mm-hmm. When does Les Dawa get here? I think he's, he's arriving on Saturday. Okay, so he uh, will be here for all the rehearsals, basically. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's yes. not like they're going to be rehearse for two or three days, and then you guys are going to go to Vanier Hall to meet with uh mm-hmm. dance studio and start doing the rehearsal. And just before you start, Les walks in and says, am I in the right place? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like that wouldn't go over well with, no. the, with the musicians. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or no. me. Yeah. Because, because yeah. honestly, the partnership between the conductor and, and the artistic mm. director, choreographer, is yeah. incredibly important. Yeah. And he needs to see my vision. Um, I'm fortunate because he has already yes. he's already done that. But you know, there's a lot of time that has passed, and Les has been a very very busy guy. He has a whole bunch of things on the go. He's done a lot. Mm-hmm. He has the VSC, the, the Vancouver or um, choir, right? He's um, I should have kept up with him. Better, but <laughs> I know that he has an album of classical music out. He's a he's a concert pianist. He's a very very busy. Busy artist mm-hmm. in Vancouver, so he's going to have to throw himself back um, into our Nutcracker. Yeah. Uh, he might have even conducted several Nutcrackers um, mm-hmm. since. He so, has, yeah. Yes. Okay. He's done a bunch of other Nutcrackers. Yeah, so, so, he's, so, but he yeah. sent me a message last night, as I said, and he's he sounds excited <laughs> to come and work with me again. So. It's, it's not we're not going backwards we're going forward no. we have developed and he has developed and uh, I think together we will we will provide a spectacular experience for people so again Nutcracker on again this year Vanier Hall December 17th through 19th mm-hmm. tickets at t- theaternorthwest.com correct and Ken Hall from PGSO, Judy Russell from Montreal Dance Studio. Thank you very much for coming in and talking about a show that's never been seen in Prince George before. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> not this rendition, Alan. No. no. And, and again, we were talking a little bit about it during that last break. There was no show last year. No. No. Of any show. So no this, shows. So you guys, are, you guys have basically gone nutcracker to nutcracker. That's it, what's happened No Christmas us. Carol in between. No Christmas so. Carol. No summer shows. No. No, no, nothing. No recitals. No, no anything. Yeah. yeah. This, this will be the first time the orchestra has played in Vanny Hall for almost wow. two years. And is this, this going to be about maybe the first time you've had a, the chamber orchestra in place, like with this many people? No, this is the, the same size that we okay. usually do. Okay. Okay. That's going to wrap up today's show. Tomorrow, scheduled to talk to someone from the Spruce Kings about Drop the Gloves and Sock a Tomb Night, and then Lois Westlake from the Prince George Farmer's Market about an event they've got going on, and we'll be doing that tomorrow, after 9. 
After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM, proudly supported by local businesses like